Hey, everybody. Hope you all having a good day. Getting a little late start on the podcast today, so I apologize for that. But uh, just wanted to make a little update on uh, if you're a college football fan, NCAA football. So it seems that the NCAA has decided to suspend all football championships in Division Two and Division Three. And uh, for those who uh, don't live in the area where I live, uh, our college, our university rather, the University of West Florida won the D2 National Championship back in December. So that means they won't be able to uh, back up that title this year. But on the bright side, it means we can't lose it as well. So, you know, trying to look at a little bit of a light at that dark tunnel. But it, it's sad because, you know, you had a lot of players that were uh, looking forward to defending that title, you know, trying to you know, see if they can go back to back. You have a bunch of workers in athletics who were excited to gear up, you know, a bunch of photographers who work for athletics that wanted to do things. So it's just a sad situation all around. But I think it was the best to thing for the NCAA to suspend the season, to forego the season, cancel it. You know, just because you need to keep the athletes' health and safety first and as well the, the fans because – Granted or not, I know football is an integral part of our American life. It basically a lot here in the South love football. I love football, but at the same time, I want to have more seasons of football. So if one season has to get suspended for us to have many more, then I, I, in the long run, I'll be happy for that. Now, uh, Division One, there haven't been uh, a lot of D1 programs that were canceling their season, but uh, the University of Connecticut, UConn, decided to forego their season as well, suspending it. So I wonder if that will be a ricochet for other Division One schools to go out and uh, forego their season as well because there hasn't been a clear and concise message from the NCAA regarding how Division One will handle everything the, from what I saw from uh, some players' posts is that they've been given a full facial visor to protect themselves. But I don't know how that'll work per se because, you know, it, in some climates, it'll be, it'll be really hot. Like you have your Florida teams, Alabama teams, Georgia teams, you know, and you don't want to risk players getting overheated and passing out. So I, I, I don't know how they'll handle that. It'll be interesting to see in the next few weeks. Uh, but really, I believe they're... They're trying, but I think they're delaying the inevitable. If they can come up with a way to have Division One football safely, I'm all for it. But it's just you can't put these kids' life at risk just for a game. You know, I mean, I know we love it. We love the sport. You know, we love the passion that the players present. It'll be weird this year if they continue it on. There aren't fans because that's what college football is known for. You know, their tailgates and their fans. So it's just a it's just a difficult situation for all. But you have to. First off, regard the player's safety, you know, because the last thing you want is a player dying on the field or dying uh, in the hospital from COVID. And that's a whole nother box of worms you don't want to get into. So you have to you have to be careful. You, you already have some players that have already contracted COVID as well and saying that this isn't a joke. There was one LSU linebacker, I forget his name, but he said, that ever since he had COVID and lost his appetite, he went from 230 to around 210 and steady dropping. So that's a that's a scary thought to think about because, you know, that a lot of weight has been put on for the linebacker. And now he's lost in just a span of, you know, two or three weeks because, you know, as one of the symptoms of COVID, you lose your appetite, lose your sense of taste. So it, it's a it's a scary 
virus, to say the least. So we have to, as fans and as analyzers and everything at the game, we have to first and foremost put the player safety and the coach's safety as well. And it's just it's just a precaution. So it's just it would be interesting, you know, to see how this all plays out, and to see if uh, all other fall sports will continue. Because I know at uh, the University of West Florida UWF, I think it was all sports, all fall sports have been uh, canceled for this year. So it, it it's heartbreaking for you know, like I said, the the players that are looking forward to it, especially the seniors. But I believe they said uh, if you have still have eligibility left, I think it can carry on to the 2021 season. So hopefully that'll help. You know, in Division One, you have some players just opting out this year and just training for the NFL, which you can't blame them for that either because, you know, if they're a top prospect, you know, if they're projected to go in the first round or early second, you really don't want to mess that up by getting sick and then losing the weight you spent so hard to build up on, you know, lose the skills, you know, because when you get out of football shape, it is really is hell to try to go back and get that shape back, especially when uh, you've been laying in bed sick or something like that. And it's not from an injury. Even from injuries, we see the road recovery is a long process. So it's a lot of factors going in, but I want I want to have football, but I also want them to be safe. You know, still waiting to see how the NFL will implement some things as well. So it's it's a learning curve for everybody. It's a learning curve. You know, we never had to deal with this before in a long time. So it, it it's just we have to try to be you know proactive and not reactive, is my opinion. So that's my take on that. Uh, doing a little bit of uh, NBA. See what NBA games we got all got going on today. So, you have the Pelicans and the Kings playing at twelve thirty. Then you have the Heat and the Bucks playing at three o'clock. Then the Pacers and Suns playing at three o'clock. The Clippers and Mavericks at five thirty. Trailblazers and the Nuggets at seven o'clock. And Lakers and Rockets at eight p.m. So I think these are some great matchups for today. You know, uh, Pelicans got that win uh, a few nights ago against the Grizzlies, so they'll see if they'll try to bounce back and get another one so they can uh, keep in the race for the eighth seed, hoping they do. The Heat and Bucks, uh, the Heat coming off that victory against the Celtics the other night. Uh, without Jimmy Butler, I'm not sure Jimmy Butler is playing. You know, and the Bucks, you know, coming off that two-game losing skid against the Nets and the Rockets, so we'll see how they'll be able to adjust to that as well. The Pacers and Suns, uh, you know, the Pacers have been on a good roll as well. Uh, and the Suns coming off of Devin Booker hitting that game winner. So that'll be an interesting matchup in itself. Clippers and Mavericks. Mavericks uh, barely escaping uh, the other day. Uh, Luka Doncic being the youngest player to have those tri- many triple doubles. That's a special player, man. I love watching him play the game of basketball because it looks so fluid. And you see that from a lot of uh, a lot of foreign players. They play with grit and they play with fearlessness because I, I believe in Overseas, it's a little more physical because Luca famously said last season that playing the NBA is a lot easier than in the Euro League. So that's saying something itself. Uh, with the Trailblazer and the Nuggets, you know, uh, Trailblazer coming off Melo, Carmelo Anthony hitting that game winner. You know, it's good. To, like I said the other day, it's good to see him finally uh, being adjusted to a team and getting the credit he deserves as one of the good players in this league. 
uh, that would be an interesting matchup too. And the Nuggets, the Nuggets have a young, good core. So I, I, I have them at least winning a championship in the next five years if they keep that young core with them because it's already looking like it's working with Bobo and then uh, uh, Marcus, uh, what's his name? Uh, MPJ, um, Michael Porter Jr. Sorry, <laughs> had a little bit of a brain cramp right there. But Michael Porter Jr. having that uh, 30 plus game, you know, he's a special talent in itself. So that'll be an interesting matchup, I think. And then to close out, Lakers and Rockets. Lakers coming off of a game last night where they uh, got beat by OKC. And OKC's been one of the most uh, surprising teams ever. You know, nobody expected them to be this good so far. I think it comes from that veteran leadership from Chris Paul, you know, leading the train with all those players like Steven Adams and Shea Gillis-Alexander. So it's it's been great to see Chris Paul flourish in that system and not having to deal with a rebuild because I, I believe he deserves uh, a lot of credit for what he's done in the league as well, being one of the fierce competitors. And so the Lakers team go up against the Rockets. It'll be interesting to see how that'll work because the – Lakers so far have the lowest scoring percentage and have been the lowest scores in the bubble, which is surprising because you see the points Anthony Davis have put up the past three games and you think, well, really? So, and then I think it's around 39% they're shooting and they only scored a total of 99.6 points a game so far. So I, I don't think that's a big concern. For me, because as a person who watched LeBron play and who's watched LeBron the past, you know, decade, it it seems like he gets a little bit relaxed. Not in a bad way, but he's trying to make sure that he doesn't exert too much energy or hurt himself before the playoffs come because the Lakers have already clinched the West. So really, even if they go on losing scale, they can't lose that placement. So I would like to see a little bit of competitiveness, but you can also see why they're kind of like not trying to go too hard out there right now. So I think uh, the Rockets will probably win this one just because of the fact that uh, LeBron will probably sit the fourth unless he wants to play. So it will be a toss-up for me. But what concerns me really about the Lakers is the, you know, the wing and the guard defense. You know, we haven't seen a lot of good uh, defense from them at them being one of the best defensive teams in the league. So we have to see how they'll adjust to that as well. You know, I know they're missing Avery Bradley because he was one of the better defenders for them during the uh, season before before it got canceled. So it's all interesting matchup today. A good day of basketball. Uh, Hope you all have a great day. And as always, it's a pleasure to podcast with y'all. Peace.